Welcome to the Degree of Experience Podcast, Episode 9. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and I'm living it up in Babylon. And I'm Sir Puck, wondering what exactly old Bargy means. <laughs> I'm at you from my standing desk for the first time watching Bargy laugh. That's right. We got video. We got it. We're breaking whole new grounds here in the Degree of Experience podcast. Yes, you're listening to Degree of Experience, a podcast where we reevaluate our past in order to redefine our present and future. And yeah, we're doing a couple things new, although the listeners, it really is nothing new for you, but we are, me and him are video chatting. We can actually see each other, read each other's movements, faces. Yeah. We'll see if this helps or not (laughs) abs and inputs you know yeah i always have something i'm fiddling with so yeah yeah well it's good practice uh as we progress into possibly doing you know live i mean i don't see it happening anytime soon but i think eventually we could progress into that um yeah but yeah, thank you everyone for listening to Degree of Experience. Um, as just a little disclaimer, while we are a mental health-themed podcast, uh, we are not mental health professionals. Um, we are just Correct. a couple, yeah, we're just a couple guys uh, with experiences that have uh, that we have looked back upon and grown from and reflected upon, and and we're kind of sharing that experience with everyone. Really helping, hoping to inspire uh, other people to kind of maybe grow and change in similar ways. Um, so yeah, our big qualifier is our degree of experience on these topics, right. And, right. and we kind of switch from doing sort of kind of interview and sort of reflective story episodes to, you know, straight up just discussions on mental health topics, and uh, we're going back to our roots today. Going back, it's story Story time. time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do. uh, We're going back to my story. We're finally tackling the uh, the Rainbow Gathering story, which frankly I've been putting off because I realized that if we just kept doing my story, we'd run out of material within like four episodes. (laughs) So, and I didn't want to like have it all knocked out right in the beginning. So, started coming up with ideas for discussions. But yeah, episode nine. I mean people might take us seriously if we get to episode 10. So, yeah, you know, good job on the stretch. I'm trying. I know. It's so funny, too, like all the podcasts that kind of talk about those, you know, those marks they hit. And I feel the same way about 10, you know, like when you hear like someone like our 100th episode and as as a baby podcast, it's like we made it 10. Um, Not we, yet. Yeah, not yet. I mean, right. Assuming like you know, things don't happen like almost happened to this episode. This is why I'm doing it every two weeks um, or every other week. Cause, cause things happen, man. We were supposed to record last week and the powers that be at all uh, internet local <laughs> provider said, no, denied. You used to work for him, man. I'm yeah. convinced it's karma or something. I guess all those customers that you drove away from not caring about. Yeah, and now I'm one of those customers. Yeah, <laughs> cut off. They're like, whatever. <laughs> this internet's important to my business. Yeah, you and everybody else, bud. No, uh, I do remember you telling me a story. Not to to delve off too much, but some guy who was complaining about like 
the the oh geez what was it the latency like the 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 first one that it does like the millisecond one and like yeah because he was a, a twitch streamer yeah and this was back in the day i mean when and I mean, you were no it was like five years ago right like how seven old years ago your daughter seven years ago yeah, seven years ago well okay i see your point yeah i guess i got my time period wrong yeah i guess i did quit that job i quit yeah. it just before she was born yeah so i would say five years but yeah that's been around for a while so yeah. you know there's like youtube channels that have been around that long yeah easily well, I guess it feels like that for me because this is before I really cared or watched stuff on Twitch. Yeah, like you, were still, you were behind in technology for I so was. Long. I was super behind in technology, but I do remember that that particular customer because, right, they were having issues with, with their upload on Twitch and they were convinced it was our, our issue. But he had like all the sort of markers that that company uses to sort of put the problem on the customer where it's like, well, you are not using our company router. You're using your own third party router. And I'm not allowed to really diagnose that. Like I can only handle the internet from the road to the house and from everything I can determine it's okay. <laughs> they can't even keep the internet coming to your house right now. So yeah, <laughs> I know like the whole neighborhood was out. But. Well, we better get to story time then. You never know. These people. <laughs> no, we got to hurry. <laughs> They're going to cut me off. <laughs> like, like this guy's talking trash. We don't want to dilly dally here. <laughs> let's let's show him. Uh, let's put a filter on his line. Um, so yeah, the uh, so we're talking about the the Rainbow Gathering experience. Does, does this chronologically fall like after? When does this fall? So where we left off last time was um, I had followed the band, went and followed the band Fish with my friends. And, you know, uh, half of us got arrested. Um, then So we kind of basically sort of settled for a little bit, kind of, you know, got our heads straight in New Hampshire for a little bit, and then we came back. Um, and I moved back in with my parents. Um and and then so this is really really where this is picking up. Um, well, no, okay, no. And then I went to college. That's right. And then we had the college story, and similar. I went to college, partied that away. <laughs> you know, I was only there for like three or four months, and then once they figured out that I wasn't doing anything, I was just hanging out there smoking weed. Uh, I came back home, and so that's where we're picking up from. Um, and also I should say, before we go into it, uh, for the fact checkers in our audience, <laughs> not to sound rude, fact checkers towards a particular one. Well, a family member had reached out to me after the first episode, um, basically saying that, oh, they're not listening anymore. Yeah. Probably not after me calling him a fact checker with that tone. Uh, but uh <laughs> they said you know um uh they said well you you do realize that you weren't kicked out we didn't force oh. you out you know and and i had you know and i and i can understand like maybe from the way i just said it you know it might have it, it might have been inferred that i just meant like you know, like one day they're just like you know what i don't like you get out whereas you know and they're like, I'm no, sure 
Right. It's like, we gave you plenty of opportunities. You made a choice. And it's like, of course I made a choice. I mean, nobody just says, you know, you know, you know, I don't like you. Get out. It's more of like, oh, you broke a rule. You broke multiple rules. You have another chance to follow the rules. Oh, you don't want to follow the rules? Get out. So, yes, technically I made a choice. But, you know, when you're an addict alcoholic and the choice is between continuing continuing your drug use or not, eh, it kind of doesn't feel like a choice to them at that time, you know. Yeah. But that's not on them. That's on me. But so the phrase, I got kicked out, yes, means I broke the rules and and, it, and I was given a choice, straighten up or get out. So I got out. Yeah. So, and that happened again after after college. Another sort of like, I started working at uh, Starbucks. Um, this is like 2000. Um, so, I mean, this all this all this stuff from these these three episodes is really just like that first sort of year and a half right after yeah right I was after say, high school. it's pretty condensed because like, yeah, condensed. i'm trying to figure out how you got to where we intersect for the first time this is still before we met yeah i know yeah, yeah. so um so once again you know i'm i'm back at my parents i'm you know gonna try and straighten up but i'm still you know smoking weed and partying a little bit although i think they were loosening up on me a little bit at that time i know it's building up to my parents divorce or actually, divorce may have just happened. Can't I honestly can't remember. Um, but, but yeah, and then and I don't even remember. I don't even remember how I got kicked out again. But I got kicked out again. <laughs> and so, and uh, and it was kind of like in the middle of a day, kind of a thing. Like I went out to go hang out with one of my friends that night, and was like, and it's like I don't know where I'm gonna stay, man. I don't know where I'm gonna stay tonight. Can I stay with you? And, and normally it was a place where I could crash, but there was some situation. He's like, God, you can't crash here, here tonight, man, but you can party with me. I'm going over to some, I'm going over to a dude's apartment. So we went to this guy's apartment that I never met before. He was an older guy. I think we were like buying weed or something, but then he let us hang out. And in the course of us hanging out, smoking with him, um, at some point my friend, or it's just mentioned that like, I just got kicked out and I needed a place to stay. And the guy's like, Oh, you need a place to stay, man. I'm actually wanting to rent this couch out. Cause you know, I'm struggling making rent. Um, you know, how much you make, how much can you afford to give me? Sweet couch is yours. So I, I, I moved in, you know, with just, a, which with just like the few things I can, you know, fit in my van and a couple of backpacks kind of a thing. And I did that for, I don't know, it was only like a couple weeks, um, you know, but in looking back, it felt like longer, it might have been a little longer, but I think it was only a few weeks and, you know, working at Starbucks and he lived in, um, well, it doesn't matter the area for people listening, you could be from anywhere. Um, and then one day I come home to his place and he is, he's upset like shaking upset and i go hey man what's wrong he's like dude i'm so sorry um but i gotta go to jail mm. and i go what do you mean you gotta go to jail and he's like well mm. <laughs> see the thing is i'm out on i don't even remember it i think it, it might have been parole basically but he wow. he was he he was in the process of facing prosecution for a lot of LSD do i know this person no you don't know this person this person really wasn't really much in our circle 
Yeah. And and the details are fuzzy too. Like I don't even remember what drug it was, the details of his whole thing. The short version of the story is though, he was like, I was hoping I was gonna get off, but now things are picking up in the trial. They're bringing it back to trial after all. I'm going to jail. And I'm going to jail for a long time. Um yeah. So I don't know what you I don't know I don't know kid I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, you know I'm like figure it out buddy yeah you know? he's like he's like you got like two more days on this couch, and so I'm like dang man what am I gonna do, and he goes well if I were you I go I go hang out with the Rainbow Family, and I go the who, and he proceeds to tell me about uh, the Rainbow Fathering Family and Rainbow Gatherings. Um, and just for the audience sake, especially audience that might be more familiar with the rainbow family, um, this, after our discussion from last episode, (laughs) the information I'm going to present about the rainbow family is completely from my experience. This is completely from what I remember from this experience 22 years ago. So for you fact checkers out there, um, I'm probably going to get some details wrong. You can email me at, uh, Chris at creative-transformations.org. And, uh, you know, I'd love to get the real details because I am curious about what's going on with the Rainbow Family nowadays. But the Rainbow Family is roughly, it's, it's sort of a family slash organization that started in the 60s around the idea of, of, of getting out of this mess of American society that they refer to as Babylon, escaping capitalism, escaping the political spectrum, the nine-to-five job lifestyle, and just trying to go live the, you know, live in the woods, hippie style, um, free, you know, and with their kind of own established system of taking care of each other. And they've been doing it since the 60s. And it's essentially like they, they, they camp out. They create sort of a camp situation in large chunks of national forest land. Um, and they do it on a month-by-month basis. So like a gathering will be like maybe three weeks. And, you know, for the example, the one I went to was in o- the Ocala National Forest. And it's like deep in the woods. And... Um, and they'll do it for three weeks. And then when it's over, another gathering is going to start uh, in about a week's time within an area, you know, manageable, like another state up or so. And people people live this way. They go from gathering to gathering to gathering and just live in the woods. Um, there's some people that only do it for a little while. There's people like me that kind of came and checked it out for one gathering. Um, but they really take care of their own and, and it, it ex- exists as sort of a separate sort of economy, um, which is funded by the original Rainbow family. But the idea is that there's no money inside the gathering. Uh, everything is trade and barter. Food is provided once a day. There's like a big, um, uh, I never forget what they call it, but it was like a, it was basically a big circle meeting in the middle of the day where they hand out just a ton of food. It's like a big meal. And then you leave it with like leftovers. There's um, it's, it's essentially sort of built like a big circle. And so there's like camps at sort of the like North, South, East and West area with the feeding circle kind of in the center. And then along the routes to the different camps, there's these water stations set up where you can get free water and free coffee um, in fact, sometimes more coffee than water. The joke looking back was that it was easier for me to get coffee in the woods than it was to get water. Um, a lot of, a lot of, you know, and then of course, you know, like marijuana and 
LSD was was prevalent there, um, which I'll build into. But yeah, so he tells me about all this, and he says, you know, I when I first was on the run from the law, this was where I was. I, I traveled with the Rainbow family for a couple of years. He said, so I mean, if you don't know where to go and you got you got no one to take care of you, that's the place, man. They'll take care of you, man. I said, all right, well, that sounds like a good deal. Uh, where is it? He's like, I don't know. I think there's one in Ocala, you know, he's like, uh, because it, it wasn't something you could like look up online, you know, it's all kind of underground. So he basically told me he was, he was fairly certain there was one in Ocala, Florida about to happen in a week. So he said, just head there. And he gave me like a rough address or something. And he said, when you get there, you'll find it. <laughs> and so literally what he said when you when you get there you'll find it yeah but from what i remember he was like yeah. he, you know it was kind of one of those things like like you know was profound like <laughs> you know well specifically what he said actually no what he said was this and it ties into the story he specifically said when you get close you're gonna see hitchhikers pick uh, up a hitchhiker and they will know how to get there <laughs> Starting off great. This <laughs> is not sketchy at all, man. I'm glad I went about finding my first place better than this. Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> Looking back, man, it's a miracle I'm alive because I did a lot of things that, like, if I found out my daughter did, I'd be so scared, you know. And if my parents knew this full story, um, but um, but that said, uh, so I packed my van, I grabbed a few things, I grabbed my instruments, um. I actually went down, gosh, I went back to my college to kind of have a last hurrah because it was kind of on the way um, and, and met up with my friends and I sold my bass trying to get enough money. I had a real cool acoustic bass. So I sold it to get the, to get the uh, gas money I needed to get to Ocala. And this is Florida, right? This is a Florida, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's just north of, of Orlando, couldn't say that it's just north of orlando um known for its large areas of sandpipe scrub forest mm. brought to you by the book of knowledge thank you thank you for looking it up <laughs> <laughs> so i head down and um and for those listening and wondering like why am i listening to this story um this kind of ties into my experience with, um, one, my experience with a lot of sort of spiritual experiences um, that have stuck to me to this day. As much as you'll hear me use phrases like those hippies <laughs> and things like that, that kind of demeans the experience. I do look back at parts of this time um, with reverence. And, but there also this leads into how I learned about begging, um, which... That also leads into a great story as to why I quit begging. So, so for the sort of importance of this whole experience, this this whole thing was a learning experience for me on a few different levels that helped make me the person I am today. Um, and looking back, as scary as it was, though, I'm I am glad I did this. But at this stage, I'm driving. I'm driving to Ocala, and I get close and I see my, my first hitchhiker, uh, older gentleman. Uh, looks kind of like a hippie, um, a little scary looking, but you know, I'm young and dumb. So I pull over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm young and dumb. 
I pull over, man, and uh, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, uh, you heading to the gathering? And he goes, he goes, you going to the gathering? And I go, yeah, man, I'm trying to figure out where it is. You know where it is? Yeah, I know where it is, but you don't want to go there right now. And I go, why? And he's like, cops, man, cops are raiding the place. Nah, man, I'm trying to go the other direction. I got a camp just up this way. That's what I'm trying to get a ride to. If you give me a ride, um, I can hook you up with some food and beer. You know, and you can wait it out with us until until this whole thing blows over. I'm like, okay, cool, man. Yeah, we can do that. So he gets in the van. He introduces himself, and and uh, and he says, okay, well, before we get to the camp, I want you to head over this way. We're gonna go to a liquor store. I go, okay. And he and he says, all right, hold on, come over by this trash can over here. So I, so we park the van kind of just up the corner from the liquor store. We go into a dumpster and we pull out a thing of cardboard, um, like a two by four piece of cardboard or whatever. And he writes on it um, some sort of like begging for money message, you know, like need help, please. And, and he's all excited because he's got me with him. And, you know, he says, okay, man, listen, we're going to stand in the, we're going to stand here in the corner and, uh, and you're young. So you're really going to bring him in. So you're going to do the talking. Okay. I'm just hanging out with you. And here's what you're going to say. You know, I don't even remember what it was, but he, he basically taught me the, the, in a, in a quick format, like, here's how you can beg money and you're young. So people are going to like be a sucker for you. They're going to think you are actually like, you know, in need. (laughs) So we stood in that corner we stood in this little corner of this, of this intersection and begged for money for like half an hour until we hit like 60 bucks. And he's like, okay, cool. We're done, man. Let's go get some booze and celebrate. <laughs> we went and we bought, we bought some liquor and, 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 uh, and, a you know, like a 24 pack. And then we got like, I don't even remember. I don't even think we got food actually, to be honest. I think we just bought booze. And, um, and then he, we went to the camp and we get to the camp and it's, um, you know, a guy in a, in a, um, in an RV that, that he was, that it actually wasn't him. So there was a guy with an RV that was here who had like a, a, a girlfriend or wife. This guy had like a, a tr- beat up truck that didn't run anymore that he was sleeping in. And then I pull in in my van and I actually had a tent. So I, you know, set up my tent and it was a cool little spot. Like it was right by the lake and we chilled and we drank. And, uh, and that was my life for about three or four days was, uh, was, we middle of the day, we'd go to that intersection and we'd beg for money till we got somewhere between like fifty to a hundred bucks. You were a street beggar. Yeah. Oh, you never heard this story? Okay, where oh, you go? Oh yeah, yeah. I've never. I mean, not that I can remember. At least, like, there's something vague I remember about the Rainbow Gathering and family, but mm-hmm. I don't really remember the story a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever knew that. And I don't know if we're going to get into like where it really picks up after the experience with these people, because um, because this is probably going to be a two parter. Because Rainbow's story is there's a lot of good stuff that I think that you know I think is is entertaining to hear, um, and it and it was for me too. Just like I said, because this this whole experience, like I experienced, um, this was the beginning of me sort of experiencing right begging, kind of homelessness, um, and receiving donations, which a few days in, we went. He had me give him a ride to a local church, and we got a bunch of food donated to us. And I yeah. had no idea that this was kind of a thing. Um, right. 
but I had to, we had to register with them. So he, basically the guy kind of took advantage of me in some ways because he had already right. used up right. stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, so he had me like sign up for the food donations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think like they only offer it to you like once a month or so many times and, you know, so, you know, and I remember too, like, and looking back, um, I remember the, the church people were so concerned for me, you know, cause it's like this young guy is yeah, sure. with, with this dude, you know, like, you know, he's lost his way. Yeah. You know, I, I specifically remember them being like really sweet and like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm stoned. Give me some food. Um, and 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 then it starts to hit a point where it's like four or five days into hanging out with these people, and I'm like, man, you know, I don't I, I don't know how long I can, I'm going to do this. I need to go to the gathering. And the guys, you know, I bring it up, and he's like, oh no no no, you don't want to go to that gathering. And he try, keeps trying to talk me out of it. You know, oh, and, you know, the cops are raiding that place constantly. You're just going to get arrested. And it's like, you know, there's really not that much. You got more. You're, you got more booze here. And da 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 da. Which, by the way, booze is not allowed in the Rainbow Gathering. Uh, which I can, well, I'll talk about it now. Yeah. Oh, so like I mentioned that there's like weed and LSD and stuff, but the one rule, uh, there's not too many rules. There's more than one, but, but when it comes to substances, no alcohol is allowed at a rainbow gathering because of it's sort of the, 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 the way it was explained to me is because it has so much aggravated energy around it. You know, it can really bring the worst out of people. Um, so the way that the rainbow gathering is also works is that there's what's called a camp at this essentially entrance that historically was filled with hell's angels. And they would, they would essentially camp there with their bikes and kind of guard the rainbow gathering and they would drink and hang out there. And back in the early days of the rainbow gathering, the hell's angels were a lot of like war veterans yeah. So the story went that they used to like line up the entrance with their bikes and and like moon the cops or whatever, and the cops really wouldn't be able wouldn't want to really mess with them because of their veteran yeah. status. Huh. And um, but that's where the drinking was. They always said if you want to drink, you go to a camp. You can hang out with the bikers, um, but you got to leave your alcohol at the door, kind of a thing. But but I'm not there yet. I'm still with this dude, and I'm wanting to go to the gathering, but he keeps talking me out of it, and then strolls in one day to our camp out of the blue these two young girls start walking up and uh and they go hey how, how y'all doing i'm like good how y'all doing I'm like all right uh we're trying to find the rainbow gathering do y'all know where the rainbow gathering is and i go i don't um you know this this guy uh this guy i picked him up man and and now it's turned into this like i've been here for a week you know uh, you know, what's your names? Where are you all from? I forget their names, but well, I wouldn't give their names anyway. But um, but they were they were strippers from Athens, Georgia. Wow. Yeah. And uh and yeah, they student were strippers. Huh? What? <laughs> the student strippers? <laughs> <laughs> like that age. Like they were my age. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe like a year or two older, but yeah, they were my age. Um, so yeah. <laughs> don't get too getting excited. Their, Nothing happened. Getting their education, getting their education. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't get and, too excited. <laughs> don't get too excited. Yeah. Which looking back, uh, probably was a good idea. I didn't get involved, but that said, so they stay with me that night in the tent. Again, nothing happened. Um, and sort of the next day it was like, all right, you know, I got a van, 
you know, I, I, yeah, because they didn't have a car. Like, I don't know how, I guess they, they did. They hitchhiked that way. And um, they got dropped off somewhere around that area. So, you know, it, this this is sort of the beginning of like, especially showing me the sort of like, you know, how things just seem to kind of happen that work out. You know, like for these girls, it just worked out. Like they get dropped off, they wander into the woods, and they find this camp with a guy their age who's got a van who's wanting to get into the gathering. Versus if they'd gone on this camp and I hadn't have been there, I don't know what would have happened, you know? Um, you know what I mean? Ding, 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 ding. So, so, so we say, let's, let's see. The natives might hear you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go lock the door. I'll be right back. I mean, this dude I was hanging out with was kind of like that. He was kind of, um, I can't imagine. No. (laughs) So so we dip. So we dip the next day, and it's like, all right, we're going to figure this out. We're going to find the gathering. And we go back the way that I originally came, and we're not seeing any cops. We're not seeing any hitchhikers. And, uh, and I still remember uh, driving through the Ocala Woods. Like, we see a trail we think might do it, and we go driving down that way. I've got the song Maze by Fish playing. I will never forget this. I don't know if anyone's ever heard that song. Um, album. Which album is it on? Oh. <sighs> I should know, but I don't. Um, I feel like it's off of... Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is the song would be like, you never get out of this maze. You never get out of this maze. You never get out of this maze. It just does that on repeat for a part of the song. And like to this day, when I hear that, I remember this moment of listening to it, literally lost in a maze <laughs> of freaking woods, trying to we got far enough that we're like okay we're lost we need to go back to the road and it was like we could not find our way back to the road <laughs> and eventually we did and eventually we get we find our way to a uh, like a, a little strip mall with like a Kroger or something and uh at this point I'm like okay let me call a friend of mine and see um if he can access the internet maybe look something up for us and, and figure out something and I don't remember who I called but uh, but I try. And meanwhile, the girls are asking a guy for a cigarette. They see just like, you know, I don't know, like a store or two down who looked like the Rainbow Gathering type. <laughs> you know, he had like a backpack. He had a little bit of a suntan, you know, um, you know, hemp necklace, kind of ragged clothing. And they walk up. They're like, hey, man, uh. I think, no, he said something to us. He said, hey, can I bum a cigarette from y'all? I'm like, yeah, man, here you go. He looks looks at me and goes, you guys looking? So I was already off the phone at this point. Like I said, I'm kind of remembering this as I go. It's all it's all coming back to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah new information man. has come to light. <laughs> new information has come to light, bro. Um, but he, he says to me, you guys, uh, we walk by. See, this whole thing is suddenly coming back to me. That's not how it happened. We're walking by, and he gets our attention. He sees us and says, hey, y'all looking for a rainbow gathering? And we turn and we say, yeah, yeah. Are are you looking for it? He goes, I'm not looking, man. I'm, I'm from there, man. I just went there. I'm, you know, I'm here to get some food for the gathering and stuff, man, but my ride abandoned me. Um, I said, well, I got a van. Yeah, if you know, if you know how to get there, dude, hop in. He's like, sweet. I'm like, okay, man, cool. Well, what's your name? Coincidence. 
And I go, yeah, I'm like, that's funny, man. But, you know, what's his name? Coincidence. His name is coincidence. And I said, nah, that's funny, man. But what's your name? He's like, nah, it's coincidence, man. I'm like, well, I guess it is a coincidence. Come on, let's go. And um, so he leads us there and we get to the gathering finally. And it's kind of like I described, like there's sort of a parking area kind of when you pull up. And wasn't really the biker gang there you know, per se at this one, but there were a few, um, but you, you park your car and it's, it's about a, it's about a two to four mile hike into, eh, maybe not that far. It was a decent hike into the woods. Like, and that's kind of part of the purpose was like it, they want it in there. Um, so we're carrying all this food he's got and, and making the hike. And as we start to get closer to the gathering, well, even in the parking lot, there are people that start greeting him, being like, coincidence, what's up, man? Hey. I'm like, well, holy shoot, this guy's name really is coincidence. I'm like, that is a weird name. Um, And what a fitting name, because it was a coincidence, you know? (laughs) We ran into the guy. Um, And then we we go hiking and we get closer and closer and finally like we're kind of there and we start running into people and they're like, hey, coincidence, what's up, man? Oh, you brought the food. Thanks. And they're helping us. And they're like, who's your friends? And I'm like, hi, you know, I'm Chris. And they're like, hi, welcome, brother. And they're like, Chris, huh? Is this your first gathering? And I go, yeah. And they go, welcome home, brother. We love you. And they come and give me a big hug. And that's really sort of the greeting process of it it's like when you know one if you go by a name they know it's your first time um because you are given a nickname (laughs) as part of your sort of like i wouldn't say initiation but it's like kind of when you're established in there it's like a nick you you gain a nickname um so you know and then and then it's followed with like welcome home brother or sister we love you and you're given a big hug you know and then and we're guided in and, you know, we, he, we, we were led to his camp, you know, and like I already described, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's water stations, there's little trading areas. In fact, one of the bowls, uh, pipe bowls I had, I, I traded for at this, at this event, um, at, you know, and there's drum circles all day long, late into the evening, you know, the sounds are just alive with the you know all night long um and uh and it was it was you know and it was just it was just like a it's like the name implies it was just a gathering of a bunch of kind of you know like-minded individuals um a lot of talk now from our no agenda community standpoint too it was really my introduction to some of that stuff um, you know, people were talking about all sorts of interesting conspiracy theories about where the government was wanting to lead people, you know, uh, again, they had this idea that like, you know, our culture is, they call it Babylon and it's all about developing control over us. Um, I remember this one guy telling me about this, the chip, this was before I knew of it as a thing, but the first time, you know, the chip that you put in dogs. Yeah. Yeah. First time I heard about that was at the Rainbow Gathering in the year 2000, where this guy was talking about um, he had seen something about these chips that they were originally being marketed. This is before they were being used in dogs or they switched to dogs. But at the time, he was like, they want to put these chips in our hands to, you know, contain our information. 
um, including our, our banking. They want to switch it so that you just wave your hand to pay for things. And he described for me this commercial where this guy goes into a grocery store and like with a big trench coat and he takes a you know a little thing of milk and sticks it in the jacket and he's all nervous and he goes to the front and he walks through the doors and the little alarm goes off with a little ding 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 and the lady at the register says oh sir hold on a second and the guy gets scared and he starts running to his car and he's like fiddling with his keys trying to run away and get away with his stolen milk and the girl catches up to him and says sir you forgot your receipt. And then it, you know, it says, you know, with, with this technology, it scans you, it scans your products, so you can just walk out the door with da-da-da-da-da. And, um, you know, at the time, I was like, wow, you know, they're going to do that to us? That's crazy. Um, yeah, now we go to the store and pay for it. The convenience of having your, your, your banking card, like, on your watch and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of simple. Right, now you wave your watch. Yeah, it's in your hand, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, they didn't inject it in our hands, but they certainly convinced us to carry it with us at all times. Not yet. Not yet, yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, and then, yeah, and then that chip, you know, I kind of followed up about it sometimes years later when I when I remembered that story. And then, yeah, I believe that that chip ended up going switching gears and going towards just carrying dogs' information. And, you know, clearly they really couldn't push. They realized, yeah, nobody wants to put this thing in their hand. <laughs> yeah uh but um uh, i mean so far this this whole experience sounds like a drugged up renaissance fair without like necessarily everybody dressing up like you're you know in the medieval times yeah yeah kind of be fair. vibe i'm getting like a like kind of like a even a uh burning man vibe but more in the woods and just kind of more chill instead of like artsy fartsy I would, yeah. I think that's a fair, yeah. And I think you can drink at Burning Man. Yeah, anything goes at Burning Man. And and yet, but there was, yeah, and there was also the sort of like education piece. Like it was all about you know being one with Mother Nature. Um, a lot of sort of New Age thought that I was introduced to at that time. Um, but you know, go back into like, for example, this is how I learned how to poop in the woods. You know, with a trench. By digging a little trench, pooping in it, and you, you cover it up. Um, they had like a big kind of thing of that set up. And then, you know, they talked about how like you got to keep it rolling because you don't want to keep it open for too long because then like bugs start getting in your butt. Um, and that, and you know, and that was freeing for me, actually. If back to our poop. We, we, yeah. Like, why did we have to, we had to bring it back around? I think this is important. Yeah, <laughs> this is sorry. <laughs> My, I this experience makes me still. All right, you ever seen that commercial for for the the like toilet stool? I don't know what they call it, but basically it's it's just oh, a little there. platform that you put in oh. front of your toilet so that way your knees are up high. The squatty potty. The squatty potty, right? And they're like, yeah, the, the, the toilet position, you know, actually is, you know, detrimental to blah, 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 blah. Um, we both know somebody who swears by it. I'll swear by it because I've thought about buying it because I've always had issues with pooping. I've always had a hard time. I take forever in the bathroom, blah, 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 blah. This was my first experience when I crouched over that hole thinking I wouldn't be able to poop. And then it just flowed out of me easy as could be. I realized, like, wow, this is the correct position. This is the way my body naturally wants to do it. Hey man, you need to go get you a squatty potty. 
I mean, I, 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 after this discussion, I think I will. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like you no know. shit. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's some serious, serious contemplating. You yeah. need to do that. So you know, so there was that experience. Um, you know, we would bathe at a at the river. Maybe um, we can get them to sponsor the show. Maybe. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> this episode brought to you by the Squat Pot. Um. But and there was a river that we bathed that, and 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 they were they basically the rule was like you could not bring the soap within a certain range of the water because it, because you didn't want to contaminate the water. So they had buckets if you wanted to use soap. Really, it was was you had buckets and you could carry the buckets to this like pre marked distance, and there you could soap up, rinse. Um, and then like kind of the Woodstock thing and there's a bunch of naked people hanging out and swimming in the water, having a good time. So it's kind of, so also kind of that Woodstock experience. Um, you know, and you know, and I met, I mean, all sorts of different, like I said, it was my introduction to like crystals and energy work, um, shamans, uh, and not everybody did drugs. I mean, there were families, there are people that in this thing that kids had 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 very little contact with Babylon like they they from birth to that moment where I'd seen them where they were like five six seven years old I mean they were born and these these parents I mean they just they just stayed at a gathering you know and then and they had like an RV or something and they drove to the next gathering and they just been living that way for like a decade um there's a big um and and there's also a big uh, world international gathering, and they always host it at some crazy spot that's like really challenging to get to. Like you have to climb a mountain or something like crazy like that to get to it. Do you know? Is story. it still going on today? I'm like, sure I'm hesit- it is. I'm, I'm hesitating. So you okay? Google I'm it. Not, you're you're our you're I'm our not, Google man. I'm not googling it because I want to hear more of your story. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. And that's why. And after our last episode, that's why I decided not to like research it either. It's like we're going purely off my memory and experience. But yes, that's what they told me at the time that like there was the international ones and they were like on the top of mountains or, you know, in these like kind of exotic, challenging to get to places. Um, and I was like, well, that's so cool, man, you know, and, and it was it was a freeing. So like and also too, like I was broke um, and I mean, well, and money didn't matter. Like I didn't really have that much to barter with. Like I'm coming into this thing, you know, sort of an economical child Um you know, I didn't really have anything that was of value to these people. Um, so it was, so I basically was living off the graces of others. So, you know, it was like every so often somebody like, Oh, you want to hit this here? You know? Um, but again, water was provided, food was provided. And, uh, and I lived that way for like two months. Um, and I got the name Dreamweaver. That was, that was my name. Uh, I was Dreamweaver, and and the girl of the two girls, one of them kind of became my my closer friend of the two. Really, no, really, my friend of the two, and she was named Dream Woman. So Dreamweaver and Dream Woman kind of became a power duo. Nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yet she's still out there. Maybe she might still. Yeah, you never know. Probably upset. <laughs> I kidding. said like I don't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember Dream Woman, like, you know, because after like a week of knowing her, she was just Dream Woman. Um, and Do you think they were like dosing you with LSD or something? 
I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh wow. So, so the <laughs> so the best LSD experience of my life. And hopefully this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings that I have had magical, wonderful, uh mind altering, uh mind expanding hallucination trips with. Um psychedelic experiences with. But yes, the the because again, this podcast does not promote drug use. But, <laughs> you know, there is such a thing as what's called as like earth medicine, you know what I mean? Like marijuana, psychedelic mushrooms, you know, um, you know, there's another podcaster that likes to, um, what's his name? Joe Rogan, you know, talks about the benefits of some of these psychedelic experiences if done in the right environment and done with the right intentions. The, the, now, this was with LSD. This was Rainbow Family LSD, too, apparently. It's, it's a different sort of you know, mix. Uh, it's liquid. It's not, on, it's not on paper. They drop it right on your eye. Um, and it's like one drop per eye, if I remember yeah, correctly. No, no, no thanks. Yeah. My yeah. eyes, I, I don't do contacts. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was... To drop acid on my eye. I no, that just being... seems like a bad idea. And like, wow, your memory is just so fuzzy about all this stuff. I, I wonder why. I wonder why. Oh, I remember this though. Uh you think you remember something about this. Oh man, no. Like, well, oh again, too. I mean, so much happened. Like this whole thing is like, you know, a, a month long, you know, thing from start to finish. Well, sort of. Really a month and a half, but we'll get there in the second part. Um, but yeah, so they drop the LSD in each eye and, and it's, if I remember correctly, it was because to help sort of aid with the visuals of it, but that environment late at night in the woods, and I mean, deep in the woods, drum circles happening in the distance at these four, you know, camps. So it's like, you know, you're you're in this psychedelic mindset with the just like boom, 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 boom. And the amazing thing I remember was the vision that came. And I don't mean like psychedelic, like I was hallucinating and whatnot. It was like when my eyes dilated, the moonlight mixed with the little moonlight, it's like I went because oh, because because I'm skipping apart. The, the guy that was that dosed me, he's like, okay, come on, we're gonna go walk through the woods. Don't bother putting your shoes on. This is part of the adventure. This is gonna be great. And I'm like, dude, like I can't see. He's like, you will, bro. You'll see. And uh, and then sure enough, man, once that stuff kicked in, it's like the eyes dilated and I had like night vision. Like I could see everything in those woods. And then that was kind of like a rush of like, wow, you know, I can see everything and this is magical and this is cool, and I feel like one with nature and you know, with the the sound of the drums echoing in the background. And then we had, and then like I said, there's nothing around us. So we just had fun just like yelling and like having, you know, listening to the sound echo through the woods and all this stuff. And, you know, for those who maybe have never done psychedelics, this sounds boring as heck, but like, you know, in that state of mind, it really, I don't know, I felt really connected uh, with something beyond me in that moment. And it was very magical feeling. And it was, um, I do remember it being, one of the most positive experiences I had had in my psychedelic experience. Um, 
<clears throat> so that also kind of might have well, that's good because i mean you know there for the beginning i thought we could have gone a whole different direction right <laughs> <laughs> the rainbow gathering itself was all good all the stuff like a van and a plan oh my god <laughs> well it's like it's like a sandwich it's like it's like it's like a sandwich with 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 moldy bread it's like the meat's good uh, but but the beginning and the end are like where it's like do like basically before I got to the gathering and the stuff that happened when I left the gathering is like sort of the <laughs> so like what the heck happened kind of stuff of the story. But and that's really it. I mean, you know, like I said, it was just yeah, it was just like three weeks of of that. Um one other experience I will share was the psychic. Um I met this guy who was a former um phone line psychic who you you remember, I mean it's yeah, of I guess it's still How a thing. I not remember. I think it is it. I don't know. I don't know. But you remember in the nineties? I mean, it was something like late line. at night. They had those ads. It's like, would you like to know your fortune? Call one eight hundred. You know, he was one of those uh, yeah. working for some company, and he said he quit because like he was he was really gifted, but he said he couldn't do what he was doing over the phone, so he was scamming people, and it and it killed him because he believed in what he was doing but not in like the practice that he was doing so he left it and now and now he was like yeah living with the rainbow family uh and so he did a reading for me and i still remember and i've to this day i've always been looking for it but basically it was three points he hit um and i can't can really I, remember can i ask do yeah. you know did he did he uh did he stutter did he stutter did he uh, study did, did, under did, did did he did he study under Miss Cleo? No, wow, that just fell no. flat. No. no, I just gave it an awkward pause. I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't remember, dude. I don't remember, bro. Well, I, it was one of those things that, like, I was skeptical. I was, and and also, by the way, too, like while while I was like bought in. It was like kind of 50-50. Like, you know, you have one guy, I'm like, wow, yeah, man, cool, yeah. You know, I really vibed with what he was saying. And then another one would just be like, okay, dude, you're on something. You know, like it was it was 50-50. And with this guy, that's how I felt at first. I'm like, oh, a psychic. Uh-huh. You know, sure, buddy. And then he said, well, you want me to do a reading for you? Um, And really, he did a reading for the dream woman first. And I think that's what turned me kind of helped like i was jealous at first and then it was like and then he's like he, she left it crying like as if like she had he, he had tapped into something so i was like well all right let me try this and i don't remember what he said at first but that was what sold me that he was legit because he kind of told me like where i was from where i was at and where i was going to be like or like my near future and my long-term future and when he not knowing me when he described kind of where i was from vaguely like he he hit on some truths and i was like dang man all right maybe you do have a talent and he said all right well your immediate future is unfortunately your trip is going to fail i go what do you mean he's like i don't know i can't see like how or what but like you will end up back home your car might break down i don't know but your trip is going to fail whatever your your intention for this is going to fail i'm like well that sucks <laughs> he's like yeah he's like but good news is, <clears throat> is you are going to come upon a great inheritance. I'm like, really? Like, I'm going to come into a bunch of money? He's like, doesn't have to be money. Um, it could be, it could be, 
you know, a love of your life. It could be, you know, it, it could be all sorts of things, but you will, from what I'm reading here, you've got a great inheritance coming to you and it's, and it's going to take a while, but one day it will come and you'll know when it does. I was like, wow. <laughs> but also a little bit of like, I also didn't want to believe him because I didn't want to think that my trip was going to, you know, fail. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so, and then around this time, that's when we met uh, the other cast of characters for our uh, party. And that is the gentleman, oh, I almost want to give him a fake name or nickname for storytelling purposes. But um, we ran to this guy who basically was like, hey, um, you got a van? You got a van, dude? Oh, dude, look. I'm trying to like, uh, I'm trying to go travel to this uh, jazz festival in Miami. And it basically he described to me another fish tour. He was like, we're going to go to this jazz festival and then we're going to follow this band. You know, it was, it was another fish tour. He's like, if you drive us, I will feed you and keep you messed up. You know, I got enough weed to last us a while. I was like, cool, I'm game. <laughs> so, so, you know, we grab him and his friend. And Dream Woman, uh, the other stripper friend, uh, stayed. And we pick up one other guy. So basically, it ends up with like a crew of, I believe, five. Let's see, me, Dream Woman, those two dudes, and the fifth wheel. So yes, five of us in my van. And we go heading off. We, we say goodbye to the Rainbow Gathering. And we head off to Miami. And that's when things began to go south well yeah you you're going to miami yeah i know right you're yeah. going south we go it's going south <laughs> and that's where maybe i'll like kind of interrupt because again i don't know if i want to go for another like 40 minutes and maybe make this a two-parter i don't know how you feeling i i it's fine yeah uh we got a four o'clock so that's all i've got okay well, yeah. Um, I can make this quick. What do you think, audience? There's no way for you all to feedback right now. Either either you're listening or you've already turned off <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> like, this is boring. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I... It's. It, I think you're making it up, honestly. I mean, we've got some some questionable pieces of the story here. You've got two female strippers from Athens that just showed up. Uh, we've got some Hell's Angels. We've got Dream Woman. Like, okay, that's just like you're like, okay, now I feel like Bird Person's gonna show up or something <laughs> from Brick and Morty. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I think you should, you sh you should keep them wanting more. It's always the trick with these podcasts, right? Yeah. I keep I them wanting more. Yeah. Like a teaser because the teaser is because, yeah, because, because, because that was where, because like where the rainbow gathering gave me and, and, and maybe I can also kind of review too, because I've already said like the rainbow gathering really introduced me to a world of spirituality that at that time I was honestly seeking, but I hadn't, I hadn't like met these people direct. So um, speaking, speaking of the world of spirituality, I have to interject here because I made a joke about Miss Cleo and I feel bad because like, I forgot she's dead. She died of cancer. 
age 53. So, uh, yeah, just wanting to sprinkle that out there spiritually. Don't come at me, Miss Cleo. I'm sorry. Proud of you for cleaning your karma. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's um new in your I statements, sir. What is with the I statement thing? Ever since ever since that episode, um, like you and our mutual friend, I I don't know what you're talking about. I clearly don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Oh, I I I. But yeah, but it so like so this is kind of like the Rainbow Gathering, and I don't and I don't know if if I've done it justice because I mean I kind of did because for some people they hear like oh a bunch of dirty hippies, oh a bunch of drug use. And yes, that was part of it. But again, like it was more of a sort of an earth medicine kind of use of it. There wasn't like a lot of misuse. There was no Coke. There was no alcohol, for example. Um, you know, there was, um, you know, there everybody was in good terms. You know, there was it, really, it was like it was just the continuation of the 60s. It's like that's where it lived on. I really felt like I got to experience the 60s. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's where the family came from. Um, the movement originated yeah. from at least. And, and yeah, and, and just that, that experience, you know, and, and looking back this, like, I, I don't know for the audience, but for me, honestly, looking back and telling the story again, cause for the longest time I did look back on this as sort of like, God, stupid young person. What did you, what did I do? You know, God, I could have gotten killed. God, you know, I did this, I did that. And, um, but telling it in detail, I forgot the the quality stuff that happened for me um, inside of that gathering. Because there was so much sort of negative stuff before and after. Um, so, so, yeah, so it's, um, it, it's, it's, again, like, it really opened my mind to some things that I forgot about for a long time that now where I'm at in my life, I'm kind of reconnecting with. So, um, but yeah, it, uh, it, so it was, it was an experience that, um, looking back, I'm grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for, it gave me, it gave me kind of insight. It gave me back to like our first episode of talking about questioning things. It gave me, it gave, it kind of prepped me for keeping that sort of, you know, outsider perspective on a lot of things, but that as my drug use and my attitude kind of, and my depression grew, I lost touch with a lot of the positivity uh, that I had at that time period. And also what happens in the second half, because when we left the Rainbow Gathering, that's when the real world came crushing back in. (laughs) As we tried to travel with this. Yeah, I'm traveling with a stripper, a drug dealer, uh, two other other individuals that are wanted by law enforcement in various Man, states. Like a Kerouac book or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. And it and it and then, like I said, there's a second half <laughs> for the trip to Miami and back. <laughs> so we'll leave that for next episode. Uh cool. So well are we gonna kick it to the corporate sponsor now, Chris? I mean I'm sure somebody's want us to peddle their message and tell us how to think and feel. No, no corporate sponsor. No no, no, well, no corporate we... sponsor. Why, why, why are we doing this other than just, you know, expressing our souls? 
Yeah, that's really it. Just expressing our souls. It's a value for value podcast. So no advertisers, no corporate sponsors. Value for value. Yeah. So what if you that? got value out of hearing this, uh, out of hearing this first half of my rainbow gathering uh, adventure, um, you can please return that value so we can keep the lights on, so to speak, on this podcast. That's at value.degreeofexperience.com. Um, also, any feedback will be appreciated. That's if you want to email me. Uh, I'm sort of the representative for the podcast. Uh, it's going to be Chris at creative-transformations.org. Again, all these links are in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, and also too, uh, if you, if being a mental health podcast, you know, like I said before, we're not mental health professionals, but, um, but it's, it's something new now. I want to also always share that if you're somebody that is struggling and struggling significantly enough to the point of suicide, suicide thoughts, or if someone you love and know uh, is, is suffering like that, um, there are links in the show notes to uh, National Hotline. Um, please call and they can, they can help you or send you to the right resources to help you or your loved one. Very cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, with that, I think that's really all the, uh, all the business stuff, um, business, business stuff. Yeah. Um, so there, so next, next episode in two two. weeks, part two. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you all for coming to degree of experience. I'm Chris Barjon. Hope to see you in a couple of weeks. I'm Sir Puck. Thanks again. We'll uh, we'll 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 be here. Chris might let me back again, and uh, yeah, you can you can hear me then. Bye now.